Warning, this podcast contains depictions of violence and foul language and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, ghouls and fools? It's your favorite ghost host, Marina Longdead. I'm in the studio solo today. Gulia's out sick. Something about eating an anti-vaxxer and it not sitting right with her stomach. I don't know. Hopefully she gets better soon. It gets creepy in here when I'm by myself. And that's not just because it's literally haunted. By me. Anyway, I thought a good story could keep us occupied until she gets back. I've got an urban legend for you. A little something to make you jump out of your skin. A tale called The Ride of the Boo Hag. The story I'm about to tell isn't one that I'm proud of, but it's necessary if you're going to understand why I can never return home again. It begins with the death of my mother and my homecoming shortly thereafter. If you've ever been along the coast of Georgia and the Carolinas, you've likely been to what locals call the Sea Islands. I'm from James Island, but you'd never guess it by the way I sound. I've worked hard to put a lot of distance between myself and my Golo roots. I know now, no matter how hard I tried, they were never very far, after all. (sighs) Ah, shit. What the hell is he doing here? Hey, what's going on with your girl? Uh, Luba, hi. I didn't know you would be here to greet me. Ah, uh, sorry. I forgot you uh, mainlanders like your conversation less cultural. <clears throat> Hello, Sungaila. Don't be a dick on my first day back, and it's sunny now. Right. Sunny. Well, I was here to pass along my condolences to a childhood friend. But I guess now I'm just here to pass along the keys. Oh. (sighs) Thanks. You know, Sonny, your mama, she was a good woman. I still like to think you are too. Hey, call me if you need, uh, local support. Thanks, Luba. Really. Yeah, no problem. (sighs) Even in death, you're still playing community matchmaker, huh, mama? Luba had always been my betrothed in Mama's eyes. She used to think if I could open my heart just a crack, I may realize that my home was here with them. But my dreams have always gone far beyond gardening, fishing, tradition, and folklore. I wanted to be a tech entrepreneur, a black female Steve Jobs. Luba laughed in my face when I told him, but 
Mama swore he cried himself near blind when I left. What the hell? A broom? Well, that's a bummer. Judging by the look of this place, I really could have used you. <sighs> Something you have to know about my mother is that she was a traditionalist almost to a fault. She believed in all aspects of Gullah culture, including the myths. The broom by the door? Classic boohag distractor, meant to disable them by making them count bristles all night. And what's a boohag, you ask? Just some local urban legend that sucks the energy out of its victims by riding them at night, then strips them out of their skin to walk among humans in the day. A.K.A. a load of village nonsense. Hello? Luba? Are you back? <gasps> oh. Another broom? Ah, oh, Mama! I rest my case. Mama had kept my room just as I'd left it, a time capsule of electronic memorabilia. My dust-coated desktop sat at my old desk, half-deconstructed. I had taken it apart more times than I could count, just to prove to her that I could put it back together. It always threw Mama into a fit, but I liked the feeling of proving her wrong when she got that mad. I always thought one day she'd see it in pieces and finally trust me, maybe even understand, but she never did. Walking through it now, it all seems so trivial, but it hurt her nonetheless. I wish I could take that part of it back. Wedged between my collection of code textbooks and old tech mags, I found a relic from before my rebellion. <laughs> The Ride of the Boohag. Ah, oh, the nights used to keep me up with this one. Every night before we sleep, we lock the doors and hide the keys. We put the brooms before our beds, so we can safely rest our heads. The hag lurks around the house, tricky as a little mouse. Nowhere to go or run and hide, should the boo hag get inside. Don't let the hag get a ride. <gasps> Hello? Who's there? I peeked my head out of my room in just enough time to see a shadow run across the end of the hallway. I steeled myself and grabbed the nearest weapon I could find. It ended up being a pen from my desk. I held it, pointed end up, and stepped out into the hallway. Whoever you are, it'd be best for you to leave before I get to you! You've got until the count of three! One, two, <gasps> Luba? What the hell are you doing? 
<laughs> oh, hello, Sonny. He stood in the corner of the kitchen, clutching a broom in his hand. He ran his fingers through the bristles. The back door stood open, the night dark and boundless outside the door. I had forgotten just how dark it could get out here at night. The thought made me shiver. Cold, Sonny? Why don't you close that door? Uh, oh, um, that's uh, not a bad idea. As I made my way toward the door, I could see the smile on his face grow wider with each step. But the skin wasn't sitting right. It bunched up around the corners of his mouth and hung low beneath his jaw. Are you alright, Luba? You don't seem like yourself. Of course I'm alright, Sonny. <laughs> I've never been better. Um, maybe we should keep the door open for now. Get some fresh air in here. His eye twitched at my suggestion, and the smile began to droop. My stomach turned then, as something inside of me said, This isn't Muba. As you wish, my girl. He stepped up to me, and immediately I was hit with the stench of rot and decay. Up close, I could see the details of his distorted face more clearly. Luba's skin clung to the form loosely, only providing a delicate veil to protect whatever lied beneath. You look tired, Sonny. Why not lay down and get some rest? No, I I'm fine. I was actually just going to make some coffee. I can't sleep. I don't think that's a good idea. Coffee will make sleep harder to come, Sonny. You need sleep. I could see the hunger in his eyes and the anger at the prospect of me staying awake. A heat rose from his body that felt hot as fire. Whatever was beneath Luba's skin was fighting the urge to pounce. I stepped back toward the door, searching my mind for a plan. Well, maybe I will sleep. After you go. Go? Yes. Why would I need you here if I'm asleep? So, I, uh, I can protect you. From what? The hag. <laughs> Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the broom resting up against the table. I snatched it up and threw it outside. Luba took the bait and ran out after it. You can't hide. <laughs> Stop it! Luba, stop it! I locked the door and hid the key in the back of the junk drawer. I gathered up all the remaining brooms I could find around the house and locked myself into my room. I barricaded the door with my hall and turned every light on, down to the flashlight on my phone. Then I sat up in bed and waited for the banking to stop. I woke up to quiet. The only persistent banging was coming from inside my head. It felt like three hangovers were plaguing me at once. My memory from the night before was fuzzy and incoherent. 
I sat up and studied the pile of brooms in front of my door, then noticed the open copy of The Ride of the Boo Hag resting at the end of my bed. <laughs> Ugh. Getting a kick out of that one, huh, Mama? A grown woman scared of the boo hag. <gasps> Along the door were long, thick scratches. I peeked my head into the hallway and noticed a soft breeze. I made my way down the hall toward the kitchen. When I got there, I felt my body become rigid as I stared on in horror. The door swung back and forth in the breeze. More large scratches decorated the outside face of the door. The handle and lock were scratched clean off and laid in shambles on the floor. I scrambled back to my room and barricaded myself in again. I felt woozy as I tried to come to terms with the impossible. Folklore had always been the thing that had divided Mama and I the most in my youth. She would force it upon me as gospel, swearing that it would protect me one day. I swore to her that those teachings would be among the first things I'd leave behind. But then, barricaded in my room, anticipating the return of the very real, very hungry Boo Hag, I felt like the ultimate fool. I turned in time to notice my copy of The Ride of the Boo Hag flipping to its final page. My mother's voice came alive in my head. Trick the beast without its skin. Salt it, burn it, then you win. Trick the beast and burn it down. Ash and all, and save the town. <gasps> Come on. Hello, Sunny. Hello, Luba. You should come over. I... I don't feel safe. Oh, I see. I hoped you'd see reason. <laughs> Can I come over after dark? That would be perfect. Yes. <laughs> it would be. Goodbye, Sonny. Luba was dead, and despite my disbelief, I couldn't run this time. This was my home, and I owed it to Mama to stay and protect James Island from the hag that plagued it. I spent the rest of the day gathering everything I could find to fight the hag. Mama was equipped for any dangers that could have crossed her in life. The boo hag proved to be no exception. I armed myself with every broom in the house, a can of pitch, and a book of matches. Tonight, the boo-hag would burn. <gasps> I had dozed off and awoke to the last sunbeams of the day. My room was shrouded in the shadows of the early evening. I scanned my eyes over the darkest corners for any sign of the boo-hag. I made my way toward the kitchen, following the persistent thumping on the back door. It was here, and it wanted to come inside. I stepped into the room and grabbed a broom propped against the counter. Some guy. <laughs> Look 
As I opened the door, the scent of rot washed over me. Luba's skin sagged on the boo hag's frame and discoloration had begun. It was clear the hag needed a new disguise. I noticed it looking hungrily at my own skin as it awaited its invitation inside. Sangaila, you look tired. Yes, I am. Why don't you come in? Why don't you go and lay down? You need your sleep. Oh, I will. Uh, but first, I wanted to give you this. I held the broom out to it, bristles up. Its eyes went wide with wonder, and for a moment, it seemed as if it had completely forgotten I was there. It snatched the broom out of my hands and studied the bristles. Oh. How many bristles do you think there are on this here broom, hmm? Uh, one hundred? Maybe two hundred? Or... Three? Ooh, it's hard to know just by looking. We'd have to count every last one. Yes. Every. Last. One. I backed away slowly, careful not to break its attention. It began counting quickly to itself as it ran its fingers from bristle to bristle. I reached for the can of pitch behind the kitchen table and readied a match in my pocket. I stretched my arm out to grab the can, but it was just out of reach. I just needed to bend down to reach a little farther. I lowered onto my knees and leaned in. Oh, um, some Gyla? I looked up and met its eyes. It had stopped counting and its focus was back on me. Luba's skin was sliding off its face. Revealing a veiny, fleshless form, it smiled wide. You look so tired, my girl. So, so tired. It started to crawl toward me. With each movement, Luba's skin slipped away and the boo hag revealed more of its true form. I reached for the can of pitch, and just as the hag motioned to pounce, I splashed the thick, sticky tar in its face. It clawed at its face, trying to free itself from the black goop. I scrambled to my feet and struck the match, then threw it at the figure. The boo hag went up in a blaze. It wasn't long before the whole kitchen went up in flames. Then the bedrooms, and the rest of the house. Years and years of memories, love and strife, turned to ashes before my eyes. I ran through the house, out the front door, and into my car. I watched the fire burn through the night and into the early morning hours, making sure no one would come and stop the blaze, inadvertently saving the hag trapped inside. Once my childhood home was reduced to nothing but a charred heap, I turned on my car and started my journey back to the mainland. I had never planned to return to James Island, but now I'm sure I never will. It used to be because I was running from my roots, but now I know it's something more sinister. 
The last conversation I had with my mother has played in my mind in an endless loop since that day. She felt like she was losing herself to something she couldn't explain. She would sleepwalk and wake up in the bedrooms of her friends or their children, always seemingly in someone else's skin. I begged her to come and stay with me a while on the mainland, but she vowed to never leave the island. I didn't want to fight with her then, but I wish now that I had paid attention. Especially after her last question, before the end of the call. My sonny, how many bristles do you think there are on this here broom? That's probably enough to keep us spooked for a while. At least until Gulia feels better. Until next time, I'm Marina Longdead, and remember, some legends live on. A Bad Feeling Horror Podcast is an original production of The Ride or Die Chicks. The Ride of the Boo Hag was written, directed, and produced by Mercedes K. Milner. Additional music and sound effects used in this episode are from Zapsflat and Christopher Adrian. Our original theme music is by Christopher Adrian. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at a bad feeling horror podcast and abfhorrorpod underscore official. Thanks for listening. <laughs>